This podcast is intended to uplift, inspire, and in some cases, educate you on how to create a life that feels good. I am not a health professional, and the information and advice shared on this show should not be taken in replacement for any information or direction given to you by a healthcare professional. If you or someone you know is struggling with your health or mental well-being, please reach out to a healthcare professional in your area. For more information and resources on mental health support, please visit laurajaneillustrations.com forward slash mental health or see the link in the show notes. Hi there, I'm Laura, a teacher turned creator, and this is Fill Up Your Cup, the podcast with a mission to help you feel inspired, motivated, and empowered to show up for yourself and create a life that feels good. We're putting the personal back in personal development as we navigate this journey of self-awareness, self-compassion, and growth together. Because together, And with the right mindset, we are all capable of change and living a life that truly fills us up. Today's episode is all about productivity and filling into that area of our lives that helps us really feel accomplished. Sometimes that's our work, sometimes that's our personal life, sometimes that's the hobby that we do on the side that we'd love to make into something more. Whatever it is that you would like to foster a little bit more productivity around today's episode is going to hopefully help you with that with some inspiration and of course some ideas for implementation as well. Today's episode is inspired or responding to a question that was submitted to our listeners cup all about how to be more productive. This listener says, I make a routine to be productive, but I'm not able to do what I thought of. So how can we improve our productivity when we make all of these great plans or we have these amazing planning templates, these notepads, these desk planners, these Notion templates, if you're a Notion fan like I am, how do we make them actually happen when we have all of these good intentions and we create these plans and then suddenly we're not able to follow through on them? That's what we're going to look at today. We're going to dive into this idea of intentional productivity, which is moving away from doing for the sake of doing. So this idea of busyness and creating sometimes more stress for ourselves in how we plan to be productive and instead focus on being really intentional with our actions so we can really focus on what needs to get done and what we want to get done first and really start showing up and making things happen and start moving ourselves forward to get that needle into go position and to see some momentum in our lives, whether that's moving and being more productive in our career, in a project that we have on the side that we've been putting off working on or making very little progress with, in feeling just more productive in our life in general, whatever it is, today we're looking at this idea of intentional productivity. Today, I would like to look at how this idea of busyness and when we create busyness for ourselves actually becomes a block to our productivity, which as a consequence can also become a really big block to us feeling accomplished and fulfilled. Because instead of putting our time and energy into the things that are going to move us forward, we're instead putting them into these busy tasks. And there's lots of reasons that we do this. Sometimes we do this unintentionally and sometimes we do it intentionally. Sometimes this busy action is a way that we keep ourselves stuck because subconsciously we're not ready to make that leap. We're not ready to actualize 
all of these plans and goals that we have. And so we fill our days and weeks with these busy actions because they are a way for us to stay stuck in this place or move with a much slower momentum so that either we don't get close to our goals or we make such small progress towards them that we can justify in a way giving up on them. You might feel called out as you're listening to this. You might be thinking, well, that's not me at all. But I really want you to dig deep and start bringing that self-awareness to when your productivity starts to fall apart or when you plan to be productive, but you find that the actions you're doing aren't really amounting to much productivity in the direction that you want to go. It's not just about doing. It's definitely not about doing quote unquote more, but instead it's about bringing intention to where you want to go, what your goal is, and how you can get there. What actions can you do to get yourself there? So first of all, let's come back to this idea of busyness. I did touch on this with Danielle in her episode in season two, and I will link that in the show notes if you want to go and listen to her talk about this a little bit more and get a really good understanding about it. Another way that you can dive into this concept of busyness is by actually reading or downloading Danielle's book, which is Freedom from Busy. And that is all about breaking this cycle of busyness. This podcast is all about creating a life that feels good. But to do that, sometimes we have to hold up the mirror to ourselves and reflect on the things that we are doing ourselves to stop that from happening. Whether we are consciously doing them or subconsciously doing them, it's about owning up to the busy actions that you are putting into your life right now that are actually stopping you from being productive. So the first thing that I would say to anyone who is struggling with productivity or feeling like you are not making enough progress or the kind of progress that you would like to make towards your goals, whether that's weekly goals as in you plan your week out and you never seem to hit your targets, you never seem to be able to submit things ahead of deadline or on time, you're always asking for extensions on things, you always feel like you're chasing yourself, like playing catch up with your work or with your personal life, or whether that's on a bigger scale. So thinking about the goals that you had for yourself for the month, the goals that you have for yourself for the year, and reflecting on that sense of unsatisfaction that you're not, or dissatisfaction rather, that you're not making enough progress or progress as quickly as you would like to towards those things. So when it comes to that sense of busyness being a block, getting that self-awareness around why is this productivity not happening? I'm doing all of these things but I'm not making the progress that I want to. I'm not being productive in the way that I would like to be. So the first thing that I want you to do is to reflect on what your productivity blocks are. We're gonna look at two things that might be blocking your productivity, two ways that we block our own productivity. And the first one is our busy actions. So I want you to reflect, as always, I recommend that you grab a journal to do these reflections, and I want you to write down, or even look back over your to-do lists, but write down the things that you put on your to-do list or that you find yourself doing every single day, every single week, that are just, quote unquote, busy actions. So how do you know that they're busy actions because you might say, well, everything I put on my to-do list is something that I need to do. Everything that I do during my work week is something that needs to happen. So how do I know what a busy action is, something that's actually blocking me from being more productive? So there's a couple of things that you can look out for to help you define what your busy actions are. The first thing is that they take a lot of time, but they give very little reward. 
So an example of this might be spending a lot of time answering and writing emails. Is this a task that you spend a lot of time on in the morning rather than making it a short focused task? Another thing that you might spend a lot of time on but get a little only a little reward from are things like social media. So for me, for example, this is something that I had to get really self-aware about this year in terms of looking at my business and at myself as a small business owner and trying to find ways to make my work more sustainable. I had to look and see, okay, what are the things I'm spending a little so a lot of time on but that are only going giving me a little a little reward. And the big one that came out for me was social media because all the time I was saying social media was work, which it is. A whole my whole brand, my whole business was born and built on social media and so it is a huge part of my work. But how I was showing up to it was not the most streamlined or productive way. The actions that I was doing were wasting a lot of time and were not actions that were moving me or my audience forward. And that is things like opening up Instagram at the start of every workday with the intention to respond to comments and DMs, but then just scrolling for hours and hours throughout the day checking in. Or what I used to do was I would just check in at different points in the day to respond to comments and DMs instead of making it a focused task and time in my day. So I was spending huge amounts of my day just looking at the Instagram app, but I wasn't bringing a lot of awareness to how I was showing up, when I was showing up, and actually making those actions meaningful. So the first flag, the first red flag for a busy action is it's something that takes a lot of your time, but at the end of all of that time, you only have very little reward or no reward at all. Another thing to look out for is they are things that you could be doing more efficiently. So that brings me back to, again, the example of the emails or the example of my case in responding to DMs and comments. In the past, I used to do both of those tasks throughout the day. If I saw a notification come in for an email, I would stop what I was doing and look at that and respond to that email straight away. Now, I see that that's busyness. That was a way that I would stop myself, distract myself, procrastinate, slow myself down. It was just busy actions. What I do now instead is I have email responding blocks. I do it first thing in the morning. It is the first thing that I do. I give myself a half an hour to do it. And then I do that again for five or 10 minutes before lunch. And then I do it again for another bigger block at the end of the day if there are emails that have built up. And In between those times, I don't look at my email and I don't stop a task that I'm doing to specifically respond to an email that's come in. So that's how I stopped making emails be a busy task and actually try to reap the reward from the time that I was investing into responding to my emails. I do the same thing with my comments and DMs. They were a busy task. They weren't a reason for me to pick up my phone and stop what I was doing so that I could scroll on social media using responding to comments and DMs as a kind of guise or an excuse to block myself and make myself busy. Now, again, I do it in the morning for half an hour. I respond to comments and DMs. And then at the end of the day for 15 or 20 minutes, I do the same thing again. And I don't check my DMs or my comments throughout the day. So second red flag for busy tasks, they are things that you could be doing more efficiently. So they're things that you're spending a lot of time on that you really know you shouldn't be spending time on. And so there's something you need to reflect on streamlining a little bit. Third red flag for a busy task is it's something that you could be delegating to someone else. Maybe you are a small business owner and your business is doing well and there are tasks that take up a lot of your time that you really could be outsourcing or delegating but you just don't want to give up the control of yet. 
If you work in an office and you're in a leadership role or you have a team working under you or you have a team working with you, are there things that you insist on doing that you actually could be delegating to someone else? If they are, get real with yourself. It's a way that you're making yourself busy to block yourself from doing other things. And if you're putting these tasks ahead of stuff that have a high priority, there's your fourth red flag for busy tasks. We all write to-do lists. We all know when we write those to-do lists, what are the things on that to-do list that are high priority and what are the things that are low priority? And if there are low priority things that are part of your routine, so you do them daily and you are doing them ahead of high priority tasks and you are taking time that could be given to high priority tasks to these low priority tasks on a regular basis, then they are something you are doing to make yourself busy. They are busy tasks. So grab your journal, grab a to-do list or a planner that has some of your tasks listed from last week, from a couple of weeks ago. Look through your planner if you can and start to make a list in your journal of what you think are your busy tasks, your time wasters that you are either doing because they allow you to avoid doing other things or you're spending too much time doing them and you know deep down that they could be taking less time. I'm giving examples of work-related things here, but your productivity might be related to your home life, your personal life, your study and school life. It might be related to a personal goal that you have or a hobby, like a side hustle thing that you're working on. Whatever it is that you want to be more productive with, have that reflection of what tasks are you doing that are taking time away from that or what small tasks are you making bigger than they need to be? Those are your busy tasks. So make a list of what your busy tasks are and bring that self-awareness to those tasks. Flag them up in a way. Maybe you write them on post-its and you stick them up in your workspace or your study space so you know what your busy tasks are and you can start to be bringing that extra self-awareness to them. The second block to our productivity that we are going to focus on is procrastination. We're going to be making a stop at procrastination station today and bringing that self-awareness to the things that we use to procrastinate with. Now, sometimes how we procrastinate is using our busy tasks. We spend or invest more time into those small tasks to make ourselves seem busy. And that is a way that we procrastinate starting working on those bigger goals that we have or those higher priority tasks that we know we need to get to. Sometimes we are aware of our procrastination, but a lot of the time we are not or we're choosing not to be aware of it. So the second reflection that we're gonna do, we're holding up the mirror again to ourselves and we're going to get real and ask ourselves, what are the things that we do to procrastinate? So when you have one of those days where you're feeling a bit meh and you're not very motivated, what are your go-to things that you do? to slow time or to try and make time pass. If you find yourself at work for a day and you're not really motivated, you're not feeling it, what are the things that you do to fill your time to avoid doing the things you know you need to do? Sometimes procrastination shows up in the form of, like our busy tasks, doing something that looks like it's important or it looks like it's helpful, but it's actually stopping us from doing the things that we should or need or deep down actually want to do. So one way we might be procrastinating is tidying or cleaning or organizing. So if you're a student, you might resonate with this one when it comes time to study for a big exam. Do, yourse do you find yourself making this long list of all of the things you need to do in order to be quote unquote, 
ready to study. So they might be things like tidying your desk or organizing your notes or color coding things or alphabetizing things or reorganizing your Google Drive. And you tell yourself these are all super important things that need to happen before you will be ready to do your studying. But in actual fact, they are things that you are using to procrastinate. And if you get really real with yourself, those tasks, doing those tasks are actually eating out of your study time. And so you are lowering your own success rate because you are spending more time focusing on doing these procrastination activities than you are on what you know you should be doing, which is your studying, which is gonna increase your chance of being successful in your exams or in your projects or in whatever it is you have to submit for school. And this shows up in work as well. If you have a big deadline coming up, if you have something that you need to submit, do you find yourself making that list? And at the top of the list, you're putting all of these tasks that you need to do in your mind to be ready to start work on that project. I do this all of the time myself. I am so guilty of preparation procrastination, let's call it that, where I will tell myself I need to make a launch plan and I need to make a note, a mood board, and I need to make a Google Doc with an outline of what I need to do and I need to think about the supplies I need to order. And I do all of these preparation activities to get me ready to start the project. And what always ends up happening is I'll spend most of the time that I've put aside for a project on these procrastination preparation activities and then I end up with a small amount of time to do the actual project ahead of deadline. So if you find yourself over preparing for things, get aware for the fact that that might be procrastination. So just like you did with your busy tasks, make a list of the things that you do. Get self-aware. Be honest with yourself. It's not a an activity in self-judgment. Just be real with yourself. When you are avoiding starting something, what are the things that you do? Spend a little bit of time reflecting on this and have that list there as well. So we have our busy tasks and we have our procrastination activities and these are our blocks to our productivity. So now that we've done some reflection on ways that we block ourselves from being productive, either by making ourselves busy doing things that are of less importance than what we should be doing or by making ourselves busy procrastinating so that we avoid starting what it is that we need to do. It's time to plan how we can support ourselves to be more productive by avoiding letting these things take up more of our time. I have been reading Atomic Habits by James Clear recently. The book is all based around what James Clear calls the laws of behavior change. And the third law of behavior change that he talks about in the book in terms of building better habits is make it easy. So we're going to reverse it. If we know what our busy activities are and we know what our procrastination activities are and we know that these things block us from being more productive, we're going to use the inverse of the third law of behavior change and we are going to try and make it more difficult for these things to take up time that we could be using to be more productive. The first way that you can improve your productivity is by making it more difficult for yourself to spend time on those busy tasks or those procrastination tasks. So how do we do this? How do we make it more difficult for us to do the things that take up and waste our time and stop us from being productive. The first thing that is recommended in Atomic Habits is to increase the friction between you and that task. And what that means is increase the amount of steps that you have to take to get to that busy task or that procrastination task. If one of the ways that you procrastinate is by scrolling on social media, how could you increase the friction 
of you scrolling on social media? How could you increase the amount of steps that it takes for you to get onto the social media apps that you like to scroll on so that you make it more difficult, you make it more inconvenient for yourself to scroll on social media than it would be to actually start the thing that you need to do. So you could put your phone in a different room when you're trying to focus your time and be more productive. You could put an extra password on your phone. You could put a password on the Instagram app. You could use the screen time tools that are in Uh, most phones on their own, but also within social media apps. So Instagram and TikTok have their own screen time tools where you can block yourself from using the apps during certain times, or you can limit the amount of time that you allow yourself to use the app during the day. So you give yourself like a time limit. And once you've used that, the app will lock you out of it. Obviously, you have a password that you can override, but the point is you increase the friction between you doing that. You make it more difficult for you to do that and therefore you reduce the chance that you're going to. Look at your busy tasks. Look at the ways that you procrastinate and reflect on one way that you could make them more difficult for you to do? How could you increase the friction between you doing that activity, make it less easy for it to get in the way of you being productive? Really look at the ones that are your big time eaters. So whether that's social media, whether that's your emails, um, whether that's notifications coming in on your phone and you checking them instead of focusing on the tasks that you're doing, What are the ones that really block your time or are really using a lot of your time that you would like to free up to be more productive? And think of one way that you could make it more difficult for yourself to do that thing. What's one extra step that you could put between you and that task that would make it less attractive to you doing, that would make it less easy to access in the middle of your workday or your project time or whatever it is. So, so far, we've done a lot of getting real with ourselves. We've reflected on ways that we make ourselves busy that are not productive. We've reflected on ways that we procrastinate so that we prolong the time to starting that thing that we know we need to do that could actually help us be productive, that we are resisting in some way. And we've also spent some time focusing on how we can make doing those things more difficult for ourselves so that we increase our chances of being more productive. Now let's focus our minds on that productivity. Now that we've brought our self-awareness to the things that block us from being productive, how can we actually increase our chances of being more productive? Now that we know these things and we've made ourselves aware and we've stuck up those lists in our workspaces so it's right in front of us and we are staring at them and we are going to put more of an effort into avoiding those things this week, how can we be more productive and set ourselves up now to have a higher success of doing those goals or those tasks that we want to get done so at the end of the week we feel more productive? I'm going to share with you 10 ways to make your plans actually happen. Here are 10 productivity tips or hacks that you can easily try out this week to increase your chance of being more productive and increase your chance that those to-do lists and those plans that you make, that you actually follow through on them. So the first thing, tip number one, brain dump or list all of your goals and tasks for the week so you see them all written down in one place. So first of all, just knowing how much you want to get done or sometimes need to get done brings that awareness to just the volume of work that you want to get done in a week. And so it also increases that, I guess, motivation to avoid those busy and procrastination tasks because now you've got those listed somewhere and you have to look at them so that you bring that self-awareness to them. But now you've also got this list of things that you actually need to get done. What are your goals and your tasks for the week? Number two, highlight or color code them or 
find some way of sorting this brain dump by priority. One way that you could do this, and I shared this in a recent episode, is by sorting your tasks for the week into must-do tasks, should-do tasks, and could-do tasks. So that's, again, starting to bring this self-awareness and this honesty as well with yourself around there being a lot of tasks here in front of you. What are the ones that you must get done by the end of this week? Deadline tasks, high-priority tasks. Or what are your big goals? That's another way you could sort them. Or what are the urgent things on your list? And the second category are your shoulds or your medium goals or important tasks. You should also get these done by the end of the week. However, you might have a little bit more freedom with these, this set of tasks in that if some of them trickle over to next week, that's still okay. Your should tasks this week, if they didn't get done, would more than likely become must-do tasks next week. So must-do, they have to be done by the end of the week. Should-do are tasks that getting them done is going to benefit you, but there's a little bit more freedom that if your must tasks take up a lot of time, some of these should tasks could trickle over to next week. And then your third level priority is your could tasks. These are things that if you get your must and should tasks done, you could also do these. But these tasks have no urgency around them in terms of getting them done by the end of this week. They can most definitely happen next week. They could even happen the week after that. They are like lowest level priority to you. So your must, should, coulds, or your big goals, medium goals, small goals, your urgent, important, or just admin tasks, sort that brain dump into three categories, whatever titles of priorities resonate with you, but prioritize your tasks. Every single task on that list needs to go into a priority. It's either must, should or could or whatever names you want to give to your three rankings, but rank each task by priority with three levels. The third step or the third tip or third hack to make these plans actually happen is to look at all of these big overarching tasks, especially within your must and your should lists and break each one into subtasks or steps. This is especially important for every task that you have highlighted or categorized as a must do this week. Look at each one of those tasks and then break it down into subtasks or steps. What are each of these steps that you are going to have to take to get that task from item on your to-do list to completed, done, checked off. Each individual step. Break it down as much as you can. This is going to bring a level of clarity to you that's going to help you planning out your days and weeks because it's not just putting one task on your list. So it's not just putting submit report. What are all of the things that are going to need to happen in order for you to submit that report? The fourth thing to do, the fourth hack, the fourth tip is Give each step of each task a time allotment. You might be thinking, Laura, this is going to take me so much time to do this, but trust the process. So we've brain dumped. We have sorted our tasks by priority. We have broken bigger tasks into each step. So we're really clear on what needs to happen in order for us to meet that task. And then we're going to look at each step of those tasks, each thing on our list, and we are going to give it a time allotment. How long will it take you to do this realistically? This is so important and one of the places where so many people fall down in terms of making their plans actually happening. This is the make or break tip or hack in terms of getting your to-do lists from written down on a piece of paper to actually happening. Being realistic with yourself about how long it would or will take you to do each step or each subtask of this bigger task. Number five, 
is to plan when you will do each task or each subtask and use your time estimates to make this plan. And don't overschedule yourself. So the reason, as I've already said, that we do the time allotments and that this will really help you be more productive is so that when you sit down to do your daily plans or your weekly plans, and I really recommend that if you want to be more productive, not just making a to-do list and trying to work through it throughout the week, but making the to-do list like we've done, breaking those things down by time, and then splitting them up over different days in your week and planning out your day using those time estimates as a guide. So if you have something on your must-do list that's going to take a lot of time, one way you can use your time allotments or your time estimates is by breaking that task over different days in your week so that you still get it done by the end of the week, but that it's not going to be something that you're pouring all of your energy into on one day in the week or that you're leaving it until the end of the week, knowing it's going to take a lot of time and then feeling like you're rushing to get it done. So you can break up that bigger task over a couple of days because you know what steps you need to do and you know which parts of them are gonna take the most time. And so you can spread out your time and energy wisely across your week. Another way that your time estimates are gonna help you plan each day is by just being realistic about the amount of hours that you have in a day. Don't over schedule yourself. You have a certain amount of hours in every day. If you're using these productivity hacks at work, your work day starts at a certain time and finishes at a certain time. And you have breaks within that that you are allowed to take. So be realistic with how much you can actually get done from your start time to your end time. Don't try and put all of your must-do tasks on Monday if you know that they're going to take you longer than the hours that you have in that day. So plan when you will do each of your tasks and use those time estimates to help you figure out what days you're going to do them on so that you are really spreading out your time and you're not trying to cram lots of stuff into one day. Number six is to leave overflow space. So overflow space is basically giving yourself maybe five or 10 minutes at the beginning and the end of a task when you put it into your scheduler or your calendar or your planner for overflow. So that's 10 minutes, five or 10 minutes at the beginning of the task extra that you're putting in and five or 10 minutes at the end that are the time either that it takes you to get started and get into the task or five or 10 minutes that you allow yourself at the end that if you are still not finished that you have that little bit of overflow. An example of how to use overflow space in your planning is if, for example, you do Zoom meetings as part of your work or even in-person meetings, that if you have a meeting or a webinar or something like that that's in your calendar for this week and it starts at three and it's scheduled to end at end at 3.30, then block off maybe 10 or 15 minutes before that meeting or webinar is due to start and you might be using that block before that overflow time before to do things like go to the bathroom or just gather yourself and get your notes ready before a meeting or get your um, journals and stuff out for taking notes in this webinar webinar or this online class or make yourself a cup of tea before you get started. So that's like the overflow time at the beginning and then the same at the other end of it. One, because often meetings run over or classes run late or webinars run late as well and you might want to stay on for the little like Q&A at the end or whatever it is. So having that overflow time at the end means that it's not going to run into the tasks that you have on your list or planner to do after that meeting or it also gives you that breather when the meeting ends to take a break. Seventh tip for making those plans actually happen is to use a timer. There's two ways that you can use a timer to help yourself be more productive. One way is using a fo timed focused method like the very popular Pomodoro method. If you've never heard of the Pomodoro method, it is 
often used for studying, but also used for work and focus tasks. And it's basically splitting your hour into sessions of high focus, followed by a short break, followed by another high focus session, followed by another short break, and then a third high focus session followed by a long break. That's basically the Pomodoro method. So that's one way that you could use timers is to set a timer, focus on your task without breaking focus. When the timer goes, walk away from the task, take a little break for five minutes, then come back and repeat that a couple of times. This is great if you find it really difficult to focus on a task that you know is going to take you a long time to do because it helps you going in knowing that you're only going to have to focus on it for this short period of time and then you're going to get a little break. And then it also helps with that time management of the break that you only have a short little break. So use it to go and make your cup of tea or go to the bathroom or whatever it is. And then you know that when that break finishes, you have to come back and focus again, but it's okay because you only have to focus this amount of time and then you get to have another break. So it's really good for helping with that time management if you really struggle with that aspect of being productive. Another way that you can use your timer to help you be more productive links back to those time allotments that we gave ourselves when we were creating our steps or our subtasks to our bigger tasks. So set a timer to help you focus if you struggle with focus so that you know you only have to focus for certain amounts of time, but also set a timer to help hold yourself accountable to doing the thing that you've planned to do and hold yourself hold yourself accountable to following through your daily plan because you've made those time estimates and now you're going to use your timer to help you actually keep up with them. Now, sidebar to that, sometimes we'll make time estimates and we'll be really optimistic with them. So we'll say that it's going to take us 30 minutes to create six Instagram posts, but realistically, 30 minutes is not enough time to do that. So that's okay. You can use overflow time. You can make a choice in the moment as to whether you want to keep doing that task or move to your next task and come back to it. And this is really just another benefit from using a timer and using time estimates to help you plan because there's something to learn from that next week when you make the plan, you know that you are being too optimistic by setting 30 minutes for a task that actually takes you an hour and it can help you really develop better time management. Number eight is to create some kind of visual to-do list where you can visually cross off tasks or you can visually see yourself working through what you need to do. So one way that I have done this for myself when I've struggled with focus and productivity in the past is using post-it notes. So first of all, I color code my post-it notes by my must, should, and could do tasks. And then I either on the wall or with a big piece of paper, I split a piece of paper into three columns. The first column is the things that need to be done. The middle column is the thing or things, the thing or things that I'm working on, so in progress. And the third column is the things that are completed. I do this as well with my Notion planner. So I use the status tool, if you're familiar with Notion, to highlight things as need to do, started, or completed. But doing it visually on a piece of paper on the wall, if you're really struggling with productivity, if you're really struggling to follow through on those plans that you make, get a big piece of paper, split it into three columns, things to do, things you've started, things you've completed. Then take your post-its of your tasks for the day, color-coded by must, should, and could do. Stick all of your post-its into that first column. And then as you start each task, so if your first thing that you're gonna do is emails, take the post-it that says emails and move it to your in-progress column. When you finish checking your emails, move that post-it to completed. And this is like this little dopamine hit that you're gonna get by seeing your to-do list physically get smaller as the day goes on and see your completed list 
physically get bigger as the day goes on. So this really helps give you that boost of motivation to keep going because you can physically see yourself being productive. And this is also going to help keep you accountable to not doing things that are not on your to-do list. So those procrastination tasks or not wasting too much time on those smaller tasks and using them as an excuse to be busy because the more time you waste on those smaller tasks, the less things you're going to get into that completed column. So this is just a really visual way to help hold yourself accountable and to help yourself keep up that productivity throughout the day and throughout the week as well. Number nine, so my ninth tip to make those plans actually happen. This is one that I use a lot with myself and I have seen to be really successful in helping me be more productive. Do the tasks that you have the most resistance towards first. So if there are things on your to-do list that you must get done and there are tasks that you don't really enjoy or you have a lot of resistance towards starting them, put them into your planner to do first in the day. One, because you're less likely to procrastinate starting them if they are right at the beginning of the day. And two, it means that you get the things that you are least motivated to do or that you have the most resistance towards done first at the start of the day. And that will help you be more productive and help you avoid procrastinating during the rest of the day. And finally, My 10th tip for making your plans actually happen to be more productive is to have focus days. This is something that has completely streamlined how I have worked. That is to kind of give a day a theme or a focus so that you group similar tasks together and do them in a single day. This really helps with focus and as a consequence, it helps you be more productive. So in the work that I do now, there's lots of different hats that I wear being a business owner. There are a lot of admin tasks that I have to do. There is content creation tasks that I have to do. And then I also have clients that I do illustrations and designs for or projects for. And those tasks are very different as well. So a way that I help myself be more productive is I divide my week up based on different themes. So different focuses. Monday is usually my content day. Tuesday is usually my podcast day. Then in the middle of the week on Wednesday and Thursday, I usually focus on client projects or projects that I've been commissioned to do. And then on Friday, I usually focus on like business admin. So I bunch similar tasks together and I put them on a single day. And then that means that I only have to kind of focus on one type of task on one day. To being more productive really is knowing and understanding how you work best and as a consequence, what doesn't work for you. And using this knowledge to your advantage as we have already talked about and reflected on a lot in this episode. So avoiding the things that will distract you and trying to set up your work environment and your work plans in a way that helps you focus on the things that need to be done first and most. So planning things in a way that really sets you up for success. And the only way that you can do that is to get to know yourself and spend that time reflecting on what helps you focus, what works for you and what doesn't so that you can create those steps to set yourself up for success. It's also a little bit about trial and error. So I've shared a lot of tips and hacks that work for me to be more productive. There are so many productivity tips out there online. If you Google them, if you search them on Pinterest or even on Instagram, you're going to be inundated with tips on how to be more productive. So try things. And if something doesn't work for you, don't be afraid to scrap it and try something new until you find what works for you, until you find the ways of planning that help you be more productive and help you focus for longer periods of time. Or if something that was working in the past is starting to feel a little bit stale or heavy or it's not working the way it used to, don't be afraid to try new things or to freshen up your routines and your schedules 
and inject an extra jolt of motivation into your week. So this can be things like rescheduling the order that you do things in so that you have to focus a little bit harder because they're in a different order. Keeping things fresh for yourself, keeping yourself motivated, keeping yourself energized and excited and alert when it comes to showing up to do the things that you want to do. If you have any productivity tips or hacks, I would love to hear them. I would love for you to share them with me. So when you're finished listening to this episode, head on over to Instagram or Facebook and find the podcast as at fillupyourcuppod. Leave me a comment or send me a DM and share your productivity hacks with me. I would love to hear them. You could also share your tips or ideas on how to be more productive as a review. So leave a review with your thoughts on today's episode and the season so far and also share your productivity tips in there as well. And a little reminder, if you haven't done so already, don't forget to hit that subscribe button and give the show a rating wherever you love to listen to podcasts. I hope that you have a productive week that feels good and that gets you one step closer to living a life that really fills you up. If you made it to the end of this episode, I hope that you feel a little less alone in your personal development journey and a little more inspired to do something today to show up for yourself. If you're enjoying the show, don't forget to subscribe and leave a review on your favorite podcast streaming app or platform. And if you want even more weekly inspiration, then head on over to Instagram or Facebook and follow the show as at fillupyourcuppod. Remember, you can't pour from an empty cup. So do one small thing today to pour into yours and start creating a life that feels good 